You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather. And I'm here with my wife, Linda. And we're here doing our second annual, and perhaps last ever, you never know, this is our zero degree weather show. And you probably just heard our little parakeet Harvey squawking in the background. I don't think he likes this weather much better than we do, although he's usually safe and warm inside, but we're going to talk about how that safe and warm was... Varies. Yeah, it was a, a tenuous situation. We've got some interesting shows coming up soon. I have made a New Year's resolution to do podcasts more often than I had been doing. I I really fell off in the last couple months. In December, I think I only did one. But you know how December is with Christmas and confusion, and we're going to talk about a post-Christmas near disaster. Coming up, uh, I'm going to be doing a show with book character Bill Holm. We are going out in 19 degree weather, which is almost warm compared to some temperatures we've had, but we're going to go looking for some birds that don't usually come to this part of the state. Whether or not the show will ever air depends on how it turns out. The last show I did with book character Bill Holm uh, about a year ago was the only show I ever did that I received a listener complaint about. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. It may never air. But I'm also going to have on an author who rescues horses, another author who has written a book about her pet turkey, and yet another writer, and this is a woman who has a couple of African gray parrots she wants to talk about. And lest you think that... Uh, we only talk to writers on the show. We certainly do not. Those are just people that have happened to contact me. And if you want to be on What Were You Thinking and talk about your exotic pet, We'd just, love to have you. Yeah, just drop, drop me a line. Email me at bob at petliferadio.com. It's been, uh, how would you describe the weather lately? Frigid. Yeah. We had... I, we're, we're finally getting out of the zero-degree mornings, but I would say over the past, would you say 10 days, would you say we had five days of uh, zero-degree weather or below? Mm, and the last how many days? Well, anyway, we had, we had at least five days of zero-degree weather, and was the record for us at our house, was it minus... Eight below. Minus eight? It wasn't minus nine. It was minus eight. But with the wind chill, I think it was probably negative 15. Oh, with the wind chill. But the actual temperature, we had 8 below zero. And we talked about this on our show last year, about all the challenges that this kind of really cold weather presents. One problem I'm running into out in the barn 
besides uh, the buckets. Uh, I'll ask Linda about the buckets in a minute, but we've had so much snow that has turned to ice just outside the barn doors that the level of the ice is just a fraction of an inch uh -huh. below where the barn doors open. Uh -huh. We usually get a January thaw, but January is almost over. No it's just about luck. February, and we no. haven't had a thaw. No. We had that one day, it was up to, was it 40 degrees? We're going to talk about that. That yeah. was in December. So let's start there. We had a very nice day in December after, I think it was maybe, it was a Saturday after Christmas. We had had a ton of snow. In fact, the weathermen had predicted that we would have for the entire season, winter this year, our local weathermen said, what was it, 85 inches mm -hmm. of snow they thought like we that. would have? Mm -hmm. We've had over 88 already. already. And so we're winter's about half over. About half over. In Michigan, winter lasts until, at least in our part of Michigan, you can get snow up through the first week of April. And, Absolutely. And, and we have had it. Absolutely. We had a lot of snow in December, and Linda actually bought me a snowblower. And I wasn't real happy with it in the beginning because I'm frightened of anything mechanical, and this thing is big. This is a big snowblower. It was blower. not the biggest one. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I felt like an ant pushing a, a wheelbarrow when I was, uh, <laughs> that thing was uh, dragging me uh, around the uh, property, but it really is wonderful and we needed it because how much snow would you say was on the ground at the time that I was using that? A couple feet at least. At least. Maybe more. So finally, shortly after Christmas, Saturday after Christmas, we had an incredibly warm weather for, I think, a couple of days, and we had a driving rain that got rid of all the snow. And that's when the flooding started. Yeah. Yeah, that's when the flooding started. But then, on the Sunday after Christmas, it suddenly turned extremely cold and extremely windy. And would you like to describe what happened early that morning, about 3.30 in the morning? You woke up because we had no electricity in the house. I woke up and looked over at the air purifier. It was just half asleep and noticed the light wasn't on. I thought, oh, that's odd. And I thought the house seemed kind of cold. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up again at about 3.30 and noticed it was even colder. And that was when I noticed the light was off on the air purifier. I thought, oh, dear, I hope the power isn't out. And I got up and I walked around and I saw the power was out. And I hated to wake Bob up, but I finally did. I said, I don't think we have any power. So he got up and he went out and tried to start the generator. We have a, had a portable generator. He went out there, got it started. It ran for about half an hour, conked out. He went out there, tried to start it again. It ran for about 20 seconds or something like that and wouldn't do anything. So here we are in just, I don't know, was it below zero? Close to below zero weather. Uh, no heat in the house. Got all these birds in the dining room. No heat. We are absolutely freezing, or we would have would be soon. So we didn't know what to do. So I called the guy that fixed this generator the last time because we'd had had it fixed by at least two people. Yeah, at least two people. This well, one one person, <laughs> one person had it three months and never fixed it. Yeah, one person actually had the generator for three months and never even looked at it. No. Or basically, but then uh, this other guy 
fixed it, but he fixed a different part of it. Well, he didn't it, know anything was wrong with the other part of it. Yeah, so the, he, he fixed the part that had to do with the generating power, but apparently there was something wrong with the actual engine. Yeah, because he ran it for half an hour, and it seemed to run just fine, but this, you know, this did run for half an hour. After that, it conked out. And he couldn't keep it going anyway. Yeah, uh, he couldn't. Either, he so. was nice enough to come over first thing Sunday morning and loan us a new generator. Right. So we, we probably got him out of bed. We called him at like 6, 6.30 in the morning. He said, I'll be over there in a couple hours. That's exactly what he did. He came over and brought us a loaner. And then we talked at that time about getting a whole house generator, which is what we ended up doing, which is one that would, this little portable, it'll run about two or three things. If you overload it, it'll mess up the whole thing, which is what happened to it one time. Yeah, we thought of getting just a larger gasoline power generator, but he told us that you have to start these every couple of weeks just to keep them maintained. And our handyman, Gary, had said the same thing. He said at least once a month to keep these started. Just don't the other it. problem, too, was that a new generator, this would have been quite a whopper of a machine, and I would have to move wheel around. the thing, move it around. No way. And I can barely operate a self-powered snowblower, you know? much less an un drag an unpowered uh, generator. So we now have a propane-powered automatic full house generator it's 15 kilowatts 14 excuse me it's 14 kilowatts comes on automatically if the power goes out yep, this is exactly what we need kicks right on we some people have natural gas but we can't get natural gas so ours is propane powered 14 kilowatts should be enough to run everything in the house except that we're going to tell you about another problem we had. Can't do the geothermal with that yeah, though. That drives got, too much power. Yeah, we got a new kind of furnace called a geothermal heat pump. I think it's fairly new. I, I don't know. At least it's new to us. And what this does is it takes water from our well, extracts the heat from the water somehow, and then just shoots the water out the down, backyard. They dug a deep trench and there's a pipe that, that runs down the hill and the, every time this thing runs, the water runs down the hill. Now these have been around because the guy installed one for his brother 20 years ago. Okay, yeah. and the nice thing about geothermal, the reason we got it was that last year our heating oil was just so incredibly expensive. Yeah, $4 and was it 24 cents? Well, the Twice we had a full tank of heating oil uh, brought in, and it cost us seven hundred dollars each time. Seven hundred fifty so the second okay. time. Mm -hmm. So that's close to fifteen hundred dollars. That's enough of that. So this geothermal really is really energy efficient. Yes, yeah, economical. I could hardly even notice it on um, our bill for December when I compared December's electrical bill to last December. So it, it seems to be working pretty well. However, why don't you mention what the drawback is of geothermal and why we still have a second furnace? They, uh, geothermal does not work very at all, I don't think, below five degrees. And it quite often recently has gotten below five degrees. So I'm very, very glad that because we've had the oil furnace go out since then and uh, honestly, to not have the geothermal or, or the oil furnace, that's... Uh, I'm sure our furnace guy would have figured that out anyway because he's really good. So, exactly. So, so he probably knew about that. And I think... Uh, so, so it was part of his plan that we would keep the oil burner as a backup in case our power 
went out because the oil burner doesn't take a lot of electricity to run, but also for those few days a year, and in Michigan, it's probably more than a few. It's several days a year when the temperature gets really cold and the geothermal won't work that we would indeed have a furnace. Right, right. So, and it's, uh, but leave it to us. A couple weeks ago, here we are, we have two furnaces. We have the geothermal and we have the oil burner and guess what? There was a period of time when the geothermal wasn't working because, because they brought this other water tank and then something broke and then so the geothermal wasn't working and it was right around that same time something was going wrong with the oil furnace it was cutting off all the time and um, we couldn't get hold of our regular heating guy we had to get somebody else come out here try to fix it. Because our heating guy was stranded out of town He's by the bad of, weather. He was out of state and um, we found out from this other guy that he recommended to come that it was something to do with a relay switch, but wouldn't you know it's like a car that you can't get to act up when it's in the car garage. This thing would not do it for him. Our furnace guy was good enough that the same day he got back into town from out of state where he had been stranded by the bad weather, he rushed over here around midnight and he fixed the furnace for us that night. We had to call him night. at 11.30 at night and the poor guy had only gotten back into town at 9.30 that night, and he was nice enough to come over here and fix that thing, and he figured out which relay switch it was. And it's a good thing because it was really, really cold that night. Uh, I don't remember if it was below zero. It was close to it. Um, absolutely, our birds could not have taken those cold temperatures. We didn't have the benefit of the geothermal because we are waiting for a part to come. He fixed that, and so we were able to use that until they got the geothermal fixed. But leave it to us. Who else would this happen to in the entire world? Somebody who has not one furnace, but two furnaces, and neither of them work. No. And so no heat. And we had just had that uh, 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 generator put in, too, recently. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So if it was just Linda and myself, we could have probably made it through the next morning using space heaters oh, exactly. and bundle up, but we've got a couple parrots and a dove and a parakeet. It's uh, just not enough for all no, of them. No, nope, not at all. So, okay, we're going to um, talk a little bit more about the cold weather and the animals after we take this brief break for a word from our sponsor, and you are listening to What Were You Thinking? What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. world. 
Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, we're back with What Were You Thinking? This is Bob and Linda Tart, and this is our second annual Zero Degree Weather Show. We've been talking about furnace problems We're gonna <laughs> and other things, but we're going to talk a little bit more about things that have happened with the cold weather and with our animals, just just, just coping coping with everything. Right now, I'm There's looking, usually eight turkeys down the hill yeah, that we've we got, feed. We've got wild turkeys. Wild turkeys. And in this cold weather, they're, they're pretty brave, aren't they? I don't know how they survive, but the Lord helps them. But I'm talking about turkeys in general. I think other times of the year, if I set foot outside, the turkeys will just pretty much scatter. Mm -hmm. But when it's cold and they're hungry, they come right up the hill to our back fence. And if they see me outside, they will retreat. But then if I dump another, or Linda dumps another pitcher of scratch feed outside for them, within a few minutes, they're back again eating. I remember one year, they were hungry enough that I was only 20, 30 feet away working in the duck pen and they still stayed there and and were eating. I think that was a a group, a flock that uh, had come to know us by then. They were used to us. And were more trusting. These seem a little more skittish, don't they? Mm -hmm. This may not be the same group. But but they still still hang around. We have tried a different kind of, we, we feed the birds all year, not just the turkeys, but we feed any outdoor birds that uh, come around, and, and they really do come around in, in this weather. We keep suet out 365 days a year. And we had a problem with our suet, and that was we had squirrels stealing it. They took it so much that uh, almost every day we couldn't keep it out overnight. That was the raccoons. The raccoons would drag the whole suet feeder down and Which take it away. Which is what happened last night, by the way. Oh. I had to go down the hill and look for the... Oh, older. great. Yep. Oh, great. Yep. So at least to solve the squirrel problem, we found something at the local feed mill, and it's called hot pepper suet. It is suet that has cayenne pepper or some other kind of hot pepper mixed in. The hot pepper does not affect birds. I've always been surprised when... Some parrot food mixtures that you can buy have dried peppers in them. Huge ones. And there's just something about the taste buds in a bird that don't react to hot pepper. It's nothing to them. But I've heard that if you want to discourage 
Canada geese, and we don't, we don't get them, but some people put grape Kool-Aid, sprinkle that out on the lawn, and for some reason grape Kool-Aid has the same reaction to a Canada goose as hot pepper does to us. I can't figure that out at all. I never heard that. Yeah, it has something to do with um, the way our taste buds work. So anyway, this hot pepper suet has uh, enough hot pepper in it that uh, we watch squirrels in general go up and just take a bite or two and then they don't want anymore. They, they disappear. Once in a while a squirrel will be hungry enough and eat mm, it anyway. There's a couple of them. There's one small one, one big one I've seen up there that just keeps on eating. But the raccoons, unfortunately, do not seem dissuaded from from eating it. No. They they will still get it. I'm surprised the squirrel was out last night, but maybe because not squirrel. Excuse me. I'm surprised the raccoon, raccoon was out last night. Yeah, they drug it right down the hill by where those near where the turkeys are on this side of the fence. Maybe it's because it was 17 yeah. degrees Instead last of like night. Five. Mm -hmm. That that was a heat wave. Oh yeah. For a raccoon. Yeah, came out to get and so food. they decided we'll just drag it away and. Yeah, they it. ate the whole thing. I, I didn't see any evidence of any uh, suet left. When I was talking to the crazy critter lady, um, I think it was just the last show, I was talking to her briefly about something that impressed me with our Muscovy duck, Victor, and I wanted to go into that just a little bit more, and that was the fact that I always wonder how our ducks and geese and hens recognize us, if it's by our faces, by our walk, by our voice, or what it is, I got sort of a glimpse into that a couple weeks ago when Linda bought me a new jacket because my barn jacket really had fallen apart. It was a jacket of my father's, and my father died in 1999, so this is, <laughs> this is an old jacket, and finally the zipper didn't work, so... Sparing no expense, we went to Linda went to the thrift store and got me. Was it a four dollar jacket? Something like that. Yeah, it's a very nice a jacket. Nice I like it. So I went out to the barn wearing that jacket, and I had a uh, ski mask on, one that covered most of my face except for my mouth. And apparently, the new jacket threw off my uh, friend Victor, the Muscovy duck, because as soon as I walked into the barn. He saw me and he started running to another part of the barn. He was just about through a doorway when I said, Victor, Victor, it's me. You wouldn't think that'd have any effect, but he just stopped dead in his tracks and turned and looked at me. I lifted off my ski mask so that he could see my face and he immediately relaxed and walked over to me. So that's interesting that he does recognize my voice and also that he does recognize my face. Yeah, that's so, funny. Yeah, I, I think he's a pretty smart duck. Do you want to talk about Tina's problems? The thing with the... Well, this um, <clears throat> new stray cat, our latest cat, her name is Tina, um, was a cat that was in a foster home up in Ionia near here. And at the time we got her... Um, the deal was that we had to get all our other cats inoculated before we would be allowed to have her in our home, which we had, we did that, except for the elderly one, Ruby. And uh, I, she didn't, ha did she have that chin messed up right when we first got Looked her? Looked dirty. 
It looked dirty, so it was, I just thought it was dirt, dirty from food or something. Yeah, she had the, her her chin always looked dirty. Always looked dirty. Well, we found out later there was these little scab. I don't know if there were scabs at that time, but there probably was, or there was probably something. We noticed that within the something last, wrong within the from last the several weeks is when it really got bad. Yeah, and it got these little scabby things, and you could just I don't know what I thought. Well, you could pick them off, and then it would come right back, and they were kind of all over, dispersed around we her chest. We thought it was fleas, something having to do with fleas at first. Yeah, and that's what I thought it was for weeks but and we, weeks. But we put flea medication on her. Didn't do any good. They just kept coming back. He would just scrape them off, and they would keep coming back. So finally, he uh, looked on internet about that, and said, "Well, it's uh, it could be a food allergy." And I didn't like the sound of that because um, his sister has got a bunch of cats. We've talked about them before. And one of their, one or more of their cats had a food allergy. And they have to feed all their, at that time, they were feeding all their cats this really expensive food because it was too much trouble to set down separate food for one cat. So it looked like that was going to be the situation with this cat. Well, we didn't think it was a food allergy. Didn't know right for away. sure. We, we didn't know because the f- stuff I read said it was uh, a condition so, called feline acne. They get sebaceous uh, glands clogged up, and that we thought if we used some product that they said to use, like pine tar shampoo or yeah, we, we I took couldn't her, figure using shampoo on a cat in a way. We took her to a vet. And he also suggested that we change the bowls because there's some cats, if they have this sensitivity, this uh, thing that's called a cat acne, that it might be some kind of bacteria that can gather in plastic dishes. Plastic bowls. They said do not use plastic bowls. So we switched over to ceramic bowls. ceramic bowls, and Linda was real good about washing them, just scrubbing them down. Yeah. And then we also got this... Um, stuff called scalpacin, which we were dabbing on her chin. Right. And it seemed to be doing a, a good job for a while. Then it, then it came back. Well, it not only came back, but... And she was getting a sore on her upper lip, and really that really worried us. us. Um, it was kind of swelling and like that, and just it didn't look good at all. Yeah. So he took her to the vet, and they said she, they think they probably, she does indeed have a food allergy, and we will have to give her this kind of expensive food, 28 bucks for a six-pound bag or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long do they say it would take for those stuff goes away? Well, the, the problem, too, or, or what we're in real not exceedingly happy about is besides changing her diet, we have to not only give her an antibiotic twice a day, but she's also on prednisone for a while. For the inflammation. For the inflammation. We don't like that. No, I was on prednisone for a while, and it's um, kind of a nasty drug. Yeah, it's really strong. It did give me super strength. I could pick up the refrigerator with one hand. So it must be steroid-based or something. It is. Which you don't like to give that to It had side effects. I didn't didn't care for the side effects. But she said... It's something she really needs yeah, the vet, because it might spread too much. Right. The vet didn't want that to it's stay. It's only for a week. So, so we're going to try the food for, I think she wants us to try it for 12 weeks and see if that we're, see if that uh, cures, cures her problem. But I tell you, it is a circus around here. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep her away from you. She has to go in a separate room to eat her food. 
and the other food around the house has to be kept up off of the floor so that she doesn't eat it all the rest of the time. Yeah, our cats just are used to, we just have food on the floor in bowls for the cats all, all day. All over the house, yeah. And we particularly have this uh, quite heavy cat named Lucy. And she has to eat all the time. Yeah, Lucy wants that bowl down on the floor all the time, and boy, has she let us know mm -hmm. that she's unhappy about mm -hmm. it. Um, Lucy usually just lies on a chair all day, but uh, she will now walk up to me and stare me in the face and go, gives you a bad look. Yeah, and really let me know she wants that That's food. That food there. So uh, in the morning it's complicated too because uh, we have uh, a cat named Maynard that uh, spends the night in a little room with Tina. See, these are both kind of pesty cats and well, we're afraid be, of them waking yeah. us up in the middle of the night. They'll so, scratch our bedroom door. Yeah, so they, kept so they got a nice little room that they sleep in. But uh, we have to feed Maynard this expensive food, too, because, you know, really, they're in that room together, and I need food available for them all night. I don't right. want to just put food down for two minutes for the no, cats. No, because they eat when they feel like it. Right. So it's been difficult getting used to this and remembering. We're, it seems like we're putting, stuff all the time. we're putting dishes of food up and down up and all down. day. Someone oh, gets hungry. So, yeah, so I got to... Um, Lucy gets hungry, so I got to pick up Tina, put her in the back room, put the bowl of food down. Or if it looks to me like Tina needs some food or is begging, I got to put her somewhere isolated from the other cats and give her the food. Plus, didn't you say she doesn't seem to like this no, dried food? She and doesn't. That's another like it. thing. We We're just, worried about you know, who that. knows whether she's actually going to eat that stuff. Fortunately, there's also a canned food version. Probably costs a hundred dollars a can, but she will eat the canned food. If anyone. Listening has uh, a good recipe. I looked online for recipes for us to make our own food for cats with allergies, and there's such a wide range of opinion on what you're supposed to put in it that I'm nervous about trying it out. What were you saying? Hundred dollars a can? What were you talking about? <laughs> Just no, 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 no. Doesn't really cost that. So, so anyway. That's uh, that's what we are dealing with right now. So it figures a stray cat is going to be something that ends up costing us an arm and a leg. Yeah, um, we're fortunate compared to my sister Joan. Uh, a couple shows ago, we did uh, a, sh a podcast with my brother-in-law Jack Smith talking about one of the stray cats they've taken in. They have 12 cats. I believe almost all of them were rescues and many of them were strays, and they went through this food allergy thing, and they didn't isolate the cats, so they had to feed all the cats. All the cats. And I think Joan told me they were spending $200 a month on cat food. Really? And they've had also a lot of vet bills, because it seems like these strays are prone to medical problems. They probably get very poor nutrition early in their lives, and it has a bad effect on their system. Yep. So wish us luck, and if you have any uh, suggestions for us, let us know. Luckily, we're moving out of the zero-degree weather, but we're still in the frozen water bucket stage. Ah, yes. Poor you Linda. Stomp on them to get the ice out. Yeah, poor Linda goes out in the morning while I go to work, and Linda uh, does the chores. We do keep buckets of water in the barn, and um, sometimes they're frozen, sometimes they're not. Yeah, and you have to. Uh, we have these to rubber ones. Jump up ones. and down on them. Yeah, these rubber ones that are supposed to be indestructible, but you did succeed in tearing one mm -hmm. last week because yes. you have to kick the heck out of them to get the ice yeah. out of them. So 
Yeah, if you have any stories about uh, animals and winter problems or just exciting things that happen to do with the uh, winter and animals, let us know. So that's it. Uh, that's it for this week's What Were You Thinking? Thanks so much for joining us for our zero-degree <laughs> weather show. Thanks to our producer. The big rat is down in sunny Florida, probably <laughs> um, having a uh, daiquiri right now and uh, sunning his toes. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. And We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at bob at petliferadio.com. Bye-bye. Bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.